I want to take the next few moments and focus on a, a passage. Some of you might want to be seated. It's a scripture that I'm willing to bet um, most of us are familiar with. Psalm 46.10, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. If you grew up in the church, you've heard this a lot. But I want to focus on this statement this morning. I'm going to spend some time with it. I want to spend some time thinking about what this means to you, what this means to me. So for some of you, you'll, you'll want to close your eyes. For some of you, you'll want to watch the words on the screen. Maybe really focus on it. But whatever it is, wherever you are, just say this. Be still and know that I am God. What does that mean? still and know that I am God. That I am God. God. Who is God to you? When you think about God, what's a word that comes to mind? Is it Father? Creator, King. What word comes to mind?
be still and know. What do you know about God? <laughs> what does that mean to you? To know?
give yourself permission to be still. God, we give you thanks. We worship you. We thank you for a moment where we get to just be still and know that you are God. To know. To be still. And to just be ourselves. our creator you came all this way to meet us where we are so we give you thanks we just want to praise you while we were us while we were yet sinners you came we celebrate a love that would pursue even me. And we lift higher voices now in this place to give you thanks. We love you. And we worship you. We say you're good and you're holy. so thankful for you. I don't know about you, but the opportunity to be still 
is a gift. But at the same time, it can be an anxiety-inducing experience. We don't often take the time to pause, to push out the busyness, the hecticness, the rapid pace of our minds. We don't take time to push those things out and to just be still. And it can be really, really hard to do. There's a lot of competing things happening in the quietness of those moments. When we started this series, we started by wanting to create opportunities for us to be more present, to be more present for ourselves, to be more present for God, to be more present for each other. And, and we challenged you to approach this season with an open-handedness, this sort of posture of, I don't know what's next, but I'm willing to receive. And we, and we, we asked you to, to, to slow yourselves and to pause, to give thanks, and to work at being more present. And this posture of being open-handed is a difficult one. Right? It's an, it's an incredibly vulnerable position. Over the years, I've found myself in this position many times. And everything in me wants to close my hands. Everything in me wants to pull back. Because this is a place of vulnerability. We have to fight against that. It doesn't come natural to us to live our lives in this posture. But when we close our hands, when we pull our arms close to us, we make Jesus very, very small. This is big. This is opportunity. This is release. This is big. This is small. And we take Jesus... And we put him in our own personal box. We make Jesus the genie in the bottle. And a couple times a day, usually before mealtime, we take the genie out, take the bottle out, and we rub it, and the genie comes out, and we make some requests and some asks. And then the genie goes back in the bottle. We make Jesus very small. But Jesus the Christ is huge. Jesus the Christ is big. And as we rapidly turn the corner towards the celebration of Jesus the Christ and his birth, we need to be reminded of the bigness of Jesus the Christ. He's not your personal Jesus. He's not my personal Jesus. Jesus the Christ hung the stars and the moon. Jesus the Christ came as a baby, lived as a man, and went back to be next to his heavenly Father in his rightful place, 
Jesus the Christ is big. And when we live our lives with this open-handed posture, this sense of being still and being present and being open-handed, we release the bigness of Jesus the Christ. When we bring that back in, we make Jesus very small. Scripture teaches us a little bit about the bigness of God, the bigness of Jesus. So this morning, I I want you to do something with me. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. And I'd like you to try that open-handed posture. I'd like you to get yourself comfortable, and I'd like you just to open your hands and open your arms as I read this particular passage of Scripture. It's from Psalm chapter 145. Starting in verse 1, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So David is telling us in this place of open-handedness that we should celebrate, that we should praise God that generation after generation should share the good works. But why? Why do we need to do that? Verse 8, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He is compassion on all He has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever and ever. You see, we do this because... God is good. He's compassionate. He's trustworthy. And he's righteous. 
you can sit in this vulnerable place, not just in this moment, but every moment of every day, you can sit in this open-handed posture because the God you serve, the God that this is meant to worship is good. He's loving, he's compassionate, he's trustworthy, and he's righteous. Of whom else can you say those words? But God. And so when you sit in this open-handed posture, this sense of peace and this sense of mercy and grace and love, when you take this space, this moment in time, you can trust in those words. This posture says, I'm open to receiving all that God has for me. And this season, this this last season of this series is meant to be this moment of receiving. Our hope was you would take inventory and stock in that which you hold valuable, that you would that you would evaluate your own schedule and your time and the things and the motivations behind what you do, and you would receive the goodness, the love, the righteousness, the trustworthiness of God. And in the coming days, as we move towards the Christmas season, we're going to turn from this posture of receiving to a posture of giving. It's the same thing. This open-handed posture is the same when we receive from God as when we give to God. We're going to communicate some more about this adventure that we're about to take in the month of December in the days to come, but I'm excited about it because it's big. It's big. It's reflective of a big God and a big Jesus. It communicates a lot about who we are, the position we are in Jesus. I'm excited about it. But as we wrap our time together, we're close. For those of you that are a little nervous about this morning, it's almost over. But as we do, and the ushers are going to come forward, we're going to receive our offering, and we're going to sing a little bit more, and we'll be done. But as we conclude our time together, don't fight this posture. It's not easy. I want to acknowledge that. Some of you made it all the way through the passage as I read it. Some of you, I got done and you went, oh, whoa, what? I was supposed to have my hands on It's hard. Everything in you wants to push away from that, to be defensive, to, to protect. That's not the biblical posture. So I want to encourage you today, as you leave this place in just a few moments, to trust Trust in that God that we just read about. That you don't have to be protective of, that you don't have to fight against, that you can just release. And when you do, you make Jesus the Christ big again. And when you do that, presence and peace and grace and mercy and love will pour out. Pour out from you 
and pour out to you. So as the ushers come forward, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God would fill each of us with the courage and the boldness, the sense of understanding that would allow us to live our lives open-handed. Let's pray. So, Father, we come before you and we request that. We ask, God, that in the days and weeks to come, you would remind us of the bigness of your Son, the goodness of your love. Would you give us the ability to sit and be present with others and be present with you and be present with our own selves from a position of open-handedness? Would we receive from you all that we need? And would we be bold enough to give all that you ask us to give? But now, God, as we do give to you, we ask that you would use this moment, this time of sacrificial giving to, to change us, that as we open our hands and release that which we hold valuable, that we would recognize that it is all from you, that we are owners of nothing, And that every time you give to us, you give to us with the intent that we would give away to others. So will you use this moment to change people's lives? But will you use it to transform us as well? It's in your name that we pray. Amen. That's the truth. God, the God that we just read about, the one of love and compassion and trustworthiness and righteousness cannot change. And because of that, he changes everything. He changes you. He changes me. He changes the world. There's hope. There's joy. There's all of that wrapped up in that very simple phrase. He cannot change, and yet he changes everything everything. Now listen, there's nothing intrinsically bad about the holiday season. All we're asking is that as we step into the month of December, kicking and screaming for some, running with great joy and glee for others, would you just approach it from a place of open-handedness? Father, as we leave this place, will you remind us of that simple but difficult truth? Will you give us opportunities and courage to be still and to come to you open-handed, to receive all that you have for us and to give all that you have for us to give? Would you remind us of these things throughout this week, throughout the day? It's in your name that we pray. Amen.